0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost and Criterion. I'm John Patrick O'Hertary Dorgan and with me as always is a man who's always spinning records through a window.
1: <laughs> I am the Adam Glass and honestly if I uh if I lived in an area there's literally down the street from my house a sign that says residential area no loitering no noise no blah 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 get off my yeah, lawn. Yeah, it's like like, post it on a, on a utility pole. Like, I'm sure it's not a city-posted thing, but it's like a somebody took it on their own accord. And um, that's
0: – I, I find that a really fascinating phenomenon because I, I want to ask you a question, Adam. Yeah. With regards to that. Have you ever in your entire life felt so sure of yourself that you felt like, you know what? I can post this fake public document <laughs> that like that will make people do the thing I want. Yeah.
1: That wasn't some sort of weird joke,
0: yeah, no, yeah, of course yeah i I would, right? we were all eighteen at one point, or right. whatever, sixteen at one point where we like wrote something. but you never like that 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 weird confidence where you're like, you know what I'm gonna do I'm going to p- create a public notice, and I'm going to expect people to listen to this public notice despite me having zero authority to make public notices, right,
1: a little further away, uh we get the the opposite of of that sign. Uh, someone a little north of me on their own accord posted a very realistic sign metal kangaroo crossing sign <laughs> in Columbus. Yeah, I've
0: seen that. Yeah, I love that thing. That, uh, that I truly in- Well, in it became, it,
1: unfortunately, the way it hit international attention was a, uh, a local NPR guy, uh, has a, has a bit where he answers, uh. Answers locals' questions about some obscure thing happening in Columbus that they've noticed, like why certain streets or neighborhoods are called what they are, or or blah blah blah. Somebody asked, "Hey, what's up with this kangaroo sign?" And uh, and he investigated what was up with that kangaroo sign, and the city said, "Yeah, that shouldn't be there," and took it down.
0: Yeah, you gotta love it when NPR blows up your spot.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So now there's a there's a bunch of. Uh, fake, there's a bunch of yard signs with a picture of the kangaroo sign um, demanding that that it be brought back.
0: That's unfortunate. You know, I mean... But you know, like but that's the weird thing, right? Like is that like the 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 sign that the other person posted about no noise is yeah. also legitimately one hundred percent not legal. Right. Uh but it'll never get taken out. You should just make your own Adam. Just like <laughs> cover that entire utility pool in fucking signs. Please all like just just uh, noise. go go full like have you've ever like I, I think it's Singapore that's famous for just having a million like what you ca- you're not allowed to do in this place. Signs, yeah. Like it's a it's famous. I think it's Singapore. I'm ninety percent sure. Uh, but just go to town. Just like list all the things you're not allowed to do on this street, and just let them escalate. Yeah, you know, really rapidly. I finally found just it's an entire pool of just things you're just not allowed to do here.
1: I found my picture of of that sign. Residential neighborhood area. This is is black and white sign. Residential neighborhood area, no music, no radios, no loitering, no soliciting. Like, we talked last week about the, uh, the consumption of public space. Like, to post right, a right. sign in a residential area demanding no like, music. You're not allowed to be here. Yeah. Like, yeah, no an,
0: music, no loitering. Like, in okay, a neighborhood so that like...
1: routinely, once a year, has a, a neighborhood street festival. Right,
0: well, <laughs> and then and which is a wonderful thing. Let's yeah. keep that in mind. And then, yeah. like, also you're like, what well, you're saying, like, you know, and you've you've basically tried in your own in your own absurd way to make like kids outside illegal, right? Like, fun is officially illegal on this street, fuckers, right? right. Get it out of here. But you know they're not going to apply. It, that, that's you. you know, we all know how that that kind of shit gets applied, right? different people and classes of people and types of people are either acceptable or not acceptable. The term loitering is in itself this just nightmare or quagmire
1: of bullshit, right? Right.
0: Right. Who can and cannot loiter in our society
1: is yeah. is its own problem, right? Who's allowed to have a cookout on the roof? Uh
0: Right. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, right? Like Right. No, no. That's all the the same. That's all that. That's what this movie is within the context of this
1: movie, particularly in that scene when the police show up. They try to disperse them on a uh, law about people not congregating, and like they are on the roof of a private building. They're not congregating. It's
0: crazy. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, it's totally crazy because like. Like one of the statements made not ten minutes before that, and I think it's it's very purposely a part of the dialogue right yeah is that it's that guy's roof right it's the uh it's the guy who owns the gym's roof, right right because they right. say like something to the effect of like, oh well we you know he I forget it's something about he gets him for free or whatever because he or he gets a discount because he owns yeah, the he gets
1: a free hot dog because he owns the building, yeah,
0: right, exactly so like we know that he's on his own private property. <laughs> Right. Like having a fucking barbecue. It's like, what do you call kicking a person off their own roof in this right. in this in this version of, of reality?
1: Pat, before we get to this week's movie, I want to talk about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash LostInCriterion. If you that's want to support it. us, keep us going, you can head over there. For a dollar a month, you get access to bonus episodes. We do a non-Criterion film. You get to vote on what film that's going to be. You might even get to put together a list for what yeah, the vote should lucky. be. If you're real lucky, or I have no ideas for the month. Uh, we watch a lot of interesting th- movies over there. Uh, recently we watched Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghadira. Uh We've watched Ernest Goes to Camp. We've watched uh, Critters 2 and Monster Squad. We've watched uh, non-kids horror movies. I don't know why I get stuck on that route. Um, but uh, <laughs> Ready Player That's, One. We had a really yeah. great episode with aliens. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, we have a lot of fun over that way. So uh, yeah, patreon.com do. slash lost in Criterion, if you want to get in on that. For a little extra $5 a month, we'd like to thank those people on air. And thank you very much to Adam Speakerman for your continued $5 support. Yes, um, thank you. Above that, $10 and above, we do something really great. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently. And I get it printed up on postcards. Write a little thank you note and mail that off we like to thank those people on air as well. So thank you to Jason Westhaver and to Michael McGrath for your continued $10 and above supports. Yes, very grateful very for much. that. Uh, again, patreon.com slash lost criterion. If you want to help us out there and we greatly appreciate it. If you do this week, we're talking about Le Haine literally translated. Hate it is a 1995 French film, uh, directed by Matthew Kassovitz. um, it's uh goodness is it the ideological well, it's, 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 opposite it's, to the movie wow. we watched last week
0: <laughs> well yeah and, and you know i mean it's i mean this this film is like it's really in many ways in a league of its own right uh it, it like a film that it, it just takes social issues and just doesn't pull any
1: right any real punches at all right right? it just goes in hard right from the beginning yeah now Um, this this is a movie about social unrest in uh suburbs of paris and the suburbs of paris within within paris culture suburbs function kind of oppositely to how they function in american culture uh in america the same sort of public housing and uh and uh consolation or uh, <laughs> concentration rather of uh of uh destitution uh happens sort of in closer to the city centers and the suburbs are reserved for uh white flight and and the middle class people who have escaped. Uh whereas uh France uh within Paris at least the peripherals of the city were settled by the uh, the poor and the immigrant communities, and that is where public well, housing went up.
0: Right. Well, and that has a lot to do with the there even being a presence of public housing. Right. right. Like, you know, I mean, you, you you do you know you do create concentrations of, of right, people right, who right, need right, public right. housing by building public housing, and if you just choose not to build public housing at all. Yeah. well then that that creates a whole different dynamic yeah. right if you're uh, actually interested you know, That's about america went down right if <laughs> you you're
1: know? interested in building public housing in areas where there would be a more uh, a cross section of uh of socio economic levels uh you know poor people deserve to have nice things too uh and we right. talked yeah. we talked a few weeks ago, I believe on air about Bollinger Tower here in Columbus, which was a low income retiree. Housing place in a neighborhood that was converted, forcibly gentrified into an arts district. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, everybody was evicted out of the low income housing and they converted it into a hotel uh, with a painting on the side of an immigrant woman praying for a house, quite literally <laughs> praying for a house. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little salty about that whole situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, same way. That sort of public housing and that Bollinger wasn't necessarily public housing because of the way Columbus handles public housing is through a p- private-public uh, partnership.
0: You know, uh, the worst possible way yeah. to do a thing. Yeah. yeah. Cla- classic America Midwest.
1: Yeah. What's the worst way we could do this? Yeah, let's do it that let's way. Let's do it that way. Um, but uh, the problems, the Paris suburbs problems uh, – In the wake of this movie, a lot of politicians, Sarkozy in particular, uh, wanted to blame this movie for unrest. Uh, But this movie is about previous instances of unrest. It uh, doesn't precipitate more unrest so much as it tells a story that has happened before and will continually happen again over and over in Paris suburbs of poor, uh, predominantly immigrant communities who, uh, you know, particularly more recently in France, we get, uh, well, we just get the same thing, and this idea of France for the French popping its head up again. Uh, and we'll talk more about that as we go, but in particular, this movie, uh, Kausevich began writing the script for this movie, April 6, 1993, which is the day that Makome Mimbolo, uh Mbawoli I believe is how you say his last name, uh, was killed. And he he was shot accidentally, uh, according to the investigation, uh, during an interrogation. During an interrogation. He was arrested by the police. He was being interrogated by the police. And one of the officers was threatening him with a loaded weapon, and the weapon accidentally discharged, killing him.
0: What, what What a, like yeah I like you gotta you gotta love that that's the defense right well yeah. this super weird fucked up illegal thing we were doing is the reason why this accident happened yeah. uh but, I, you know i mean he addresses that that actual behavior right. in this film right. uh multiple times yeah. right?
1: in ninety three was that case uh in eighty six there was Malik uh Osukine, uh who was uh marching during student protests against uh protesting against laws that would uh, that would make college more expensive, but also uh, cut back. He was a pro-immigrant uh, march as well. And uh, he was beaten and arrested, and then police claimed he died of a heart attack in hospital uh, later that evening. Um, yeah. And that was 86. You know, we get the... I, can't remember this guy's name but we get the story from around 2002 uh no probably later than that probably 2007 2010 area of um immigrant teenager uh you know post post the u.s invasion of iraq we get the uh the influx of uh of uh Arab descent immigrants all over the world and that's been particularly seen as a problem in the U.S. and in Europe. Uh, and uh, one of the early early points where that boiled up was a refugee teenager who was chased by police into an electrical substation outside of Paris in one of these Paris suburbs and electrocuted to death. Uh, yeah. This is a problem in France and continues to be a problem in France. In as much as it is a problem anywhere, uh, because it is a problem in the U.S., I don't want to put this on right. France. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually there's a one of the special features with this is a uh, a sort of three part interview um, with uh, uh, with three different two English two American men and a a French woman, all talking culturally about this film, and they—it's recorded in 2005. It's kind of the the 10-year impact of this movie. Um, but it's uh, there's a lot in it that tries to distance the problems of France from the problems of America. In fact, one of the one of the Americans interviewed talks about how uh, in 2005 black and white america are closer than they've ever been and there's talk about uh, you know electing african-american representation at all levels of federal government uh and it's uh it's a very neoliberal reading of what's well, going yeah, on I in mean, 2005. It's, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's
0: yeah it's yeah i mean there, uh, and that's always a you know i i i will buy into the argument that the the problems are Unique because every country has their own yeah. unique problems, like the way certain certain issues uh, appear and are handled. Right, like I mean, you know, France has its yeah. problems,
1: right. It so that own. that uh, that short is called "Social Dynamite," uh, and it's on the Criterion Channel. With it, I actually don't know if it's on the DVD. I don't see it listed on the DVD, but uh, uh, it could be on on it under a different name. Um, the woman they talked to, the French woman. Uh, makes a makes a very interesting argument on her own right that i don't that I feel like is ignoring you know i don't want to project the problems I see in America onto france uh, right. but I think this is an interesting sort of twist on similar things that are disassociated enough to claim that they're entirely different but they aren't really entirely different right so she talks about uh you know the Republican ideals, unity, fraternity, um, translated into French culture of of the '90s and and the latter half of the 20th century, and and up into today. In a way, though, I think there's there's a greater anti-immigrant uh, in the last 15 years. There's a greater Im- anti-immigrant stance in in France uh, that I've seen play out in the news. Um, but that those ideas were that once you're french once you've got citizenship you're always french um it's a it's a weird sort of color blindness uh which translates to people being treated as individuals but more to the point it translates to uh sort of there being no need to say include north african french intellectuals in school readings because European French intellectuals are just yeah. as French as the North African French intellectuals. So why right. change what we've already done? You know?
0: right.
1: And that lack of representation is seen by a lot of French as a feature, not a bug. Uh, political organization along ethnic lines didn't really exist in France until fairly recently because it's seen as introducing uh, decisiveness, derision. Um, uh rather um because it's it's always been a you know everybody's French. But that, you know, things like uh you know, Algiers, uh, you know, and, and other films we've watched about France in the mid century right. yeah. you know particularly undermine that interpretation of French society, right? Right, You know, they didn't treat Algiers as if it were extension of France. They treated it like a colony because it was a colony. And even if they were French citizens, they weren't French citizens. So, so like there's, there's holes I see in that interpretation, but it seems that all three of these people sort of agree that, uh, that there is a sort of colorblindness in France and the, that individual uh, affirmative action for, for various ethnic groups isn't a thing that could exist in France. And we get kind of that, we get a pan, a, an organized front from our main characters. Um, the only thing that sort of separates or connects them is that they are all Descendants of people who would be considered non-French, even as they are all born right. in France. Uh, Vins is of Jewish extent, and you know we've certainly talked about uh, Jewish outsiderness in in all of Europe, but in in France in particular, um, you know we get uh, we get uh, Hubert, um, who is black african descent we get saeed who is of north african arab descent Uh, and they're they're all friends right and they you know they all exist in their own cultures within that we see the most of of binz's family uh but their their ethnic differences aren't seen as any sort of holding back of them getting of them integrating together right whether or not they're assimilating into the broader French culture of whatever French culture needs to be is a different question. And your right-wing people like Sarkozy are going to argue that they're not, uh, particularly post this film. Uh, and your, your skinheads in this film are going to argue that they're not, but, but you don't need to be a skinhead to be.
0: Right, yeah. You're, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I'm sure Sar- and Sarkozy would have condemned the skinheads in equal measure too anyone protesting, right? Uh, At least in public. Uh, But yeah, this is an interesting movie in that regard, because it is a different, uh, it is different to what I experience in America in this sort of dialogue. But also, I don't know that it's as different as the people being interviewed there want it to be and as different as no, the people in No, no, yeah. Want it
0: I mean, well, it's all symptoms of the same right gross type of thinking, right? I mean, when you get right down to it, you know, it has its quirks that are defined by being French. Yeah. But when when, you know, push comes to shove, it's still fundamentally the same basic us versus them sort of mentality, yeah. right? Uh, you are either in the
1: in group or you're not in the in group.
0: Now, there are there are two states of being for people.
1: I do want to uh, cite one story that that balances against that because I don't want to I don't want to rain down on France and French culture too much uh, because there is one fairly recent uh, mid mid 2018 story that I think is a great light for for French culture to follow. Um, and that's the story of Nordine Essek, who's a 20-year-old Sudanese refugee uh, <coughs> who uh, found himself living in uh, a place called faux uh, la in the Limousine Mountain district of Cruz in central France. Uh, he was facing deportation along with four other Sudanese refugees because under the... European Union's response to the uptick in Middle East and African refugees coming into Europe in the last 15 years. Uh, Europe passed a law that says you, if you're going to make an asylum claim, it has to be in the country you first landed in. And these, okay. these gentlemen, um, these four gentlemen had landed in Italy and then come to France. Uh, that was the Dublin agreement of I think it was 2012 when the Dublin Agreement was signed. Uh, anyway, um, Nordine Essek and the other guys have all integrated into this small community, and uh, when they're facing deportation, the people of Folemontain rose up. They stormed police stations to pull them out. They uh, signed petitions to get the laws changed. 150. Local residents blockaded a military barracks where they were being held. And, uh, yeah, ultimately, France decided to let let them stay.
0: Well, and, you know, I mean, yeah, if, and, and, you know, we, we get positive stories. Yeah. About, we get similar positive stories in the United States as right, well. Right. About, about community action. Again, and what, what that points to me is, is, you know, has always pointed to me is that, like, I, I generally, being the person I am, fundamentally operate on the belief that, uh, that 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 no matter how you shake out th- that sort of nationalistic or or um, you know this belief that like you know France for the France or whatever you want to call it like yeah. you uh, America has definitely has th- our version of that same exact thing is always is is always sort of a a, a sort of st- I don't know how to describe it is it is always a behavior that that we we as people demonstrate. But I don't think it's necessarily the natural state uh, for human communities to operate in. Yeah. Uh, and is a function of, of to some extent, if bad actors, uh, oper- you know, working for their own purposes. Uh, you know, I mean, because, again, when people join communities, most people don't want them taken out of those communities once they are a part right. of that community. Yeah. And and then you get into things like what we're looking at here in this film, which is, um, you know, putting all – like concentrating, for example, concentrating public housing uh, in an area it has a lot of uh, – you know, in a specific area has a lot of negative effects on right the community that, that it serves, right? Uh, you know, part of it is you just, you know, you don't provide good enough housing anyway just to right. begin with. But then you also isolate that group and prevent them from forming yeah. uh, community well, bonds with people who already have lived in the country for, uh, for, for when some these, longer amount of
1: time. When these housing complexes went up, um, and again, I draw this from, from the same interviews in Social Dynamite, uh, taking, taking what they say at face value about the history of these buildings um, and these communities, is that when they went up, they were um, – more uh, income-level integrated. Uh, okay. But with the further promise that they're called CITE, C-I-T-E with an apostrophe, because they were meant to be sort of their own little city communities, um, you know, with, right, uh, with grocers and retail and cafes, if not on the first floor of the building, but within walking distance of the building uh and then young middle class couples living in the same community uh and then very shortly after they went up and i'm sure that if we dug even surface deep we could find political uh responses to these things going up that put a different power a different different political party into power and the new prime minister instead encouraged home ownership among middle-class couples uh which right. essentially white white flight in america uh the same thing happened here and all of the middle-class people who the government listened to uh and who uh who might have gotten those cafes built uh moved out moved elsewhere bought right bought yeah. single-family homes elsewhere and left only the poor uh and uh and the immigrants here and you know what we see what we see with the young men in this film are people who you know they're not they're not overtly violent in themselves they might have violent tendencies but they're not they're not gang members
0: right yeah they're just they're, they're... guys who
1: don't have anything else to do uh and, you know, this movie doesn't offer, you know, perhaps the simplest solution to that is to give them something to do, make sure there's actual employment in the area. And generally, that fixes the problem uh, right. of of social blight. period. You know, you give people enough money to live on, help them to make a living, let them make a living, uh, and they'll happily do so. You know, part of the drug problem right. in U.S. cities is that it's a job. Um <laughs> And, right,
0: uh, and, it, and it is a job that pays significantly yeah. <laughs> better than, than most, any of the other jobs most, they most could most get jobs you have available to you. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: so you know, yeah. On the one hand, helping people help themselves—a is, is a dumb phrase, but uh, <laughs> well. But, and
0: that's, I mean, and you know, we 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 have, we as a society a, a problem that we have faced for a long time is we have for a long time lacked data on what would happen if you just gave people enough money to live right and didn't worry about how they spent their free time right uh because a lot of social ills are built on the idea that well we operate in this fucked up capitalist nightmare world where you need to pay for everything including food and housing how am i going to make that happen the easiest answer you, you know Path of least resistance is oftentimes the choice because you just right. need to fucking feed yourself right. and your family, right. Right? right? Um you don't we you know, we just don't know. I mean we do know because there have been experiences <laughs> and we know that the answer At this point. works out pretty fucking great. Yeah. But like um you know, people really, really like it and actually just get into like, you know, either, you know, building own their own personal value and stuff like that. Uh but, you know, even if we ignore all that information, like even giving people anything to do is is valuable, but people will also just find things to do with themselves, and that's what the people in this film, right, in a lot of ways, do. But the problem is, is that, like, you know, being a part of an oppressed group means that they're they also, you know, the result of that is having a lot of fear, and you know, right. not that not to go full clone wars here on this, but like, fear has a lot of really negative effects on people's lives right yeah. like if you live in fear your life becomes dramatically different you, you react to things differently you you see things differently and these young men have every reason to be afraid we know we know as, a, as an audience we know that there are basically just roving gangs of police just fucking people shit up yeah, like we don't we. You know, it's not speculative
1: in this story.
0: Right, they exist. Right, they're there. We encounter right. them multiple times. And no we matter can eventually murder somebody.
1: No matter how many different people say, "Oh, well, some of the police are good. They're just doing their job." Um, within even the narrative of this film, uh, they're just trying to do their job, or they're scared. Um, and the social dynamite, uh, the French woman also talks about you know how uh they don't french police don't draw from the community for their officers and they get rookies who can't handle it or so they request a transfer after a year so there's no no continuity from policing except for the hardened guys who are always scared of of what they're doing right and and who they are and french french police uh sort of have insulation from public scrutiny uh they're almost a monolithic in and of themselves so there's uh she says her words are that they may not become police officers out of racism uh but they become functionally racist in the way that the police function um and i think that's a very fine line for her to try to walk
0: yeah i mean like being really honest here but like Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say like when when you get right down to it in this sort of environment right, like the functional purpose of functionally racist means yeah, you're doing the job of police which unfortunately is yeah, functionally oppression, right? Yeah, there's I mean, also that's, yeah. Their primary functional goal is oppression.
1: There's there's yeah. one of the principal arguments in Eduardo Benalila Silva's uh, Racism Without Racists is that uh in the society we've created Uh, these the social structures the the hierarchies and the uh, the methods we have developed of dealing with things we don't need overt racists in charge we don't need overt racists to even exist yeah the functions of those society are themselves perpetuating racist outcomes and are racist absolutely so
0: yeah absolutely and that and that and this movie in many ways is about is in some is in a lot of ways about that yeah like the idea that like there's a reason why this is a cycle and not a one off event is that this the the whole system that's been built here will just keep generating this right. outcome. And and you know, as as people say, right, the, the definition of insanity being well, is, that something else will happen, right? And particularly
1: uh, in, in the stories we're seeing in this film specifically, it is about a cycle of revenge, too, right? Where right. where the uh the police officers uh, kill someone accidentally or otherwise and the public uh reacts negatively to that and violently to that which creates more fear in the police officers who think they've just done their job where one bad apple has has uh committed this thing or or whatever well, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch but that's a whole that's the actual saying yeah. but but let's <laughs> yeah. let's move beyond that uh so they in their fear and in their uh their their you know racism or not they are looking at the community as a monolith to be feared uh why you know whether that community is is just it is a uh social group or or a racial group or an economic group the police are seeing them however they see them as a monolithic threat and that ends in another death and right. the cycle continues. Uh, so yeah, it's how to break that cycle.
0: Well, and and but that's the thing, right? Is the, the 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 problem is is that real, you know, at least from, you know, the way I, you know, my overt view of it is, we know how to break the cycle. Right. We all know. Right. Like nobody like we, we like to say things like it's inevitable and it's insurmountable and uh you know those are phrases that human beings take comfort in right they make us feel better but we all know the answers already like no one looks at this and doesn't actually honestly know the answer right like yeah the the problem is is that like what we don't know is how to what we for the most part don't know how is to make that answer happen right, right. like um, and, and a lot of us not knowing how to make that answer happens comes from the fact that like the, everybody's a part of this system, and um, you know and in, in, in being a part of it it's, it's hard to understand how to enact action within the system to affect change. yeah and and uh, and modern governments are built around the idea of making sure people don't feel like they have the power to make substantive change to the function of their society like in that way you know government and 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 you know especially in you know in capitalism as well are built around the idea of it is in the best interest of this organism to perpetuate its own existence by making sure that everybody in it feels like they can't actually change it
1: right right Uh, you know it feels inescapable
0: Ah. right and then what you what you encounter is is that 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 while these young men don't feel like they can change it per se their their status their their pseudo status as being outsiders anyway to a certain extent liberates them from a need to necessarily you know what i mean necessarily have to worry about how to change it by following all the rules right um you know they're not they're not Necessarily going around trying to break rules, but they've also basically had society tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. So why 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 participate? Why you know you know for example their their method of trying to get home right is a pretty good example of that right? The system fucked them over, made sure that they couldn't get home. There was no real reason for that to happen, uh, but. Assholes made choices, right, right, to to make that happen, right. So now they have to get home, and their solution is is inherently counter to the sort of way the society is supposed to function, right? Like stealing a car is counter. Yeah, but to the it's way you it's a solution they were forced
1: into because the police kept them after the last train.
0: Right. Absolutely. And a hundred percent. And and that's what I'm saying. It's the, the the systems already told them that they're not actually part of the system. Right. You know what I mean? By doing that kind of thing, and and you know, for example, putting public housing in in inaccessible bad locations and stuff, it, it's not just that event. It's it's every event right. is society saying you're not part of our society, and and that message is is really powerful. I think for people, uh, especially as they're as they're growing up to understand like well if i'm not part of this oh, and it's, why do i have to follow all the rules right. that this made for me
1: it is so easy uh, to get that's that a
0: valid argument that is right. a very like being very very honest that is a valid argument if you if you're not going to make me a part of this society why should i listen to your bullshit right uh and and there's in in a sort of social contract view of society, I can't conceive of a reason why they should have to listen. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, there's some common human decency. You should not murder people. That you don't need to have laws to tell you to do that. But why should I not steal this asshole's car? Yeah, you you you've not made it possible for me to buy one. Right. Yeah, I made it possible for me to get home.
1: And they get in, and none of them uh, even know how to drive. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's amazing. The, yeah. There there are some good. There's some fun elements in this very, very upsetting, dark, right.
1: they live, sad movie. They live a life wholly separated from the idea of maybe they would owning ever a car, be a car. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Which you know, <laughs> there's a positive way to bring yeah, to that wrong too. With that, like if there if there were actually public transit where people didn't have to drive, that'd be great. Um, but and that's you know, you, you right. encounter New York City where a lot of people don't know how to drive, but.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it happens and 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 the pro- the problem is is that like, you know, they've you know, the police have in this situation have actively worked to make sure yeah. that they can't have right. uh a, you know, they can't actually just participate as they're supposed to, right? They should be able to just go. I mean, they've already been abused. I mean, let's be very clear here. The the lead up to that is police abuse. Right. Uh, which is a, which is a whole nother problem, right. right? Like the things that those police are doing are just fundamentally one hundred. Their interaction wrong.
1: with the police broke that social contract. So why shouldn't they steal a car to keep from having a what six hour walk home? So, six
0: hour walk home and probably some sort of fucking. Uh, you know, we talked about um, what is loitering, right? Yeah. What defines the very loitering. best they could probably hope for? Probably getting pulled, up, like getting fucking. You know. Right probably getting arrested again. The best honestly. they could hope
1: for is a 6-hour walk home. <laughs>
0: like, right. That's yeah. I that's the ideal circumstance, yeah. which is a fucked up thing to imagine. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, Vince finding the gun and the movie being deciding what to do with it and the other guys, you know, Hubert Hubert arguing for sort of a strict pacifism um and stopping him from shooting anyone uh but hubert's hubert's uh hubert's stopping him from shooting the first riot cop is to punch out the riot cop himself before vince can well, shoot right.
0: him so, right
1: um you know but also the idea that the the skinheads are a more tangible threat which which is something hubert's on with right hubert right. explicitly says the only good skinhead is a dead skinhead because these guys are guys who are actively fighting against them but that's Hubert respecting the authority of the police because the 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 police and the skinheads are doing the same thing,
0: right? Yeah, they're they're operating.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean the it, police are, if anything, better for me, organized. They are about borderline it, right? indistinguishable from yeah. each
0: other for most of the for the most of the movie. I'm like, wait, is yeah. this the skinheads or the police? Yeah. I'm not 100 yeah. percent clear on this.
1: And the um, yeah, <laughs> right. It's. <laughs>
0: And, you know, and, I mean, this movie has a lot of other things that are interesting. Like, for me, in a, a certain way, it, it, this movie is also a condemnation of what it means to have the power to kill people. Yeah. To just be able to casually possess that power. Right. And and what that means for you as a human being and how it, it affects your understanding of the world. Like, uh, you know, the guy, you know, our character, I, I don't know the names of any of the characters. I'm going to be honest with you right now. Like, I'm terrible at this. I'm bad at our podcast. Um, uh, what's the name of the guy with the gun? I can't. remember. Vince has the gun. Has the gu- what is it? Vince, Vincent, Vince. Oh yeah, it's so, okay. I was reading it and, like in the thing. I like somehow
1: like I my brain well, of, didn't process. Well, all of all of the it. actors are, are are first name. Said Tagmao plays Said. I know Hubert. I know Saeed's plays because... Hubert. Vincent Castle yeah, plays yeah. Vince. So.
0: Oh okay. Well, that's easy. I yeah. should probably just have. I should just probably be reading the Wikipedia page, honestly. Yeah. Um, but so like Vince has the gun. And um, we see his understanding of what he thinks he should or shouldn't do with that gun, sort of, of all. His desire to use it sort of escalates as it's in his possession, right? It's this almost sort of magical talisman that, like, his possession of it escalates his desire to use it, right? Like, we see him... At first, it's all about cops, right? Like, I've got to kill a cop with this as revenge, and then we sort of that justification keeps morphing until it's just basically he just wants to kill somebody with it. Yeah, uh, to feel some power like.
1: in his life is right. really then, what it yeah, is. Yeah, and there is right?
0: reasons behind that. Yeah. I, I, you know. But the the problem is, is that like that that's the right the the gun and its generation right. of the illusion of power. Right. right. Like, I have the pill, uh, power to kill. I have power now. Is a is a fundamental sort of element of a gun. Right. That it, it that warps one's perception of the world right like and we see later on a just total totally senseless we see a couple of them but like you know we see another guy uh like just shoot the bouncer the at the club because he won't let him into the club right i mean that's that's a sort of a sort of a mirror reflection of four events right is this this completely senseless killing that is Based on a desire for power, right? Like right. I want this thing. I now have the power to get this thing that I want, right? Um, you know, and, and and we see that with the cops too, right? Like the cops use that the, the, that power as their, you know, th- you know, throughout the film, right? They they, they 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 feel that they have this power because they possess this this right. ability to kill, right?
1: And. Um, And even the social control in the uh, in the art gallery is on the implicit threat of police involvement, right?
0: Right, and and the and the police involvement inherently carries that, especially for this group of 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 characters, is the threat of violence, actually, right? Right. Like the threat of, you know, the threat of police is different depending on what group of people you're talking about, right? and in this environment that is a threat of direct physical violence right uh, and we we see that in America right like when we talk about um, swatting or you talk about like uh, all those events where like you know uh, you know some some I forget you know like I'm trying to think of one example specifically but like you well, know, some lady calls the cops on right the, you know <laughs> people having a barbecue or some shit or selling so like lemonade you're not, or whatever you're not just calling the cops you are threatening these people with violence you're right. saying the cops are going to come here and they're going to Beat you up at best right like the the prime best outcome for you is that they just come here so and you better up a you bit. better
1: stand line i uh, I'm actually yeah. reminded not not of a police involved story, but there was a story this week uh as I were recording uh Kansas City uh, about a year ago renamed uh Paseo drive, Martin Luther King Boulevard and there was a concerted effort from certain aspects of Kansas city society to remove that designation to rename the street back to Paseo to the point where they got it on the ballot and voted to change the street name this past Tuesday. Uh, but one of the one of the last events before the vote was last Sunday where on Sunday in Paseo Baptist Church, a church obviously on Paseo drive, uh there was a get out the vote meeting in the evening uh, is how I've seen it framed whether or not it was uh during an actual church service, I don't know, but there was. A meeting at the church where they were encouraging people to vote to keep the name, right? And a organization that was working to overturn the name change marched into the church and stood silently in the aisles as a protest against the name being changed back to Paseo. Or against the name having been changed. They were protesting against the name being changed to Martin Luther King Avenue or whatever. Uh, And one of the organizers of that protest was a guy named Tim Smith. He says, if tonight someone wants to characterize what we did as hostile, violent, or uncivil, it's a mischaracterization of what happened. We didn't say anything. We didn't do anything. We just stood. But Tim Smith, those actions don't exist in a vacuum. What they did was, as a group of white people, march into a black congregation during a service on Sunday to demand their uh, their own political appeasement, right? Right. It is inherently violent because it cannot be disaffected, uh, disattached from the uh, unspoken violences of uh, the threat of the police, the threat of... Uh, society you don 't need to burn a cross or bomb the Sunday school for that to be a don 't get uppity message right
0: absolutely yeah i mean it's yeah you know you don 't history is enough to show that you don't have to you don 't have to say and actually that 's one of the more fascinating things about what 's been happening in America recently is like at the even slightest weakening of that that part of control, yeah, you know that we don't even have to say the threat because, yeah, you all everybody just already knows what the threat is, and
1: then the belief that because you didn't say the threat, you're not being threatening, is right. just yeah,
0: is 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 just patently absurd. But we've seen that like and, you know at least this is my sort of take on it is that like with even the slightest weakening of that social control, in the last you know five to ten years, the willingness to just start saying the threat again you know seems like it has amplified right. to a certain extent right. right like i mean you know now you're getting now you know you get things like marches with like burning torches and, and yeah. things like that which is like we didn't you didn't have before because the threat the implicit threat was just enough it was just right. good enough it, right. it 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 did the job and and you know as soon as that control weakens a little bit like what we discovered is like the threat was always it was obviously already there, and it's... well, I guess we just have to say it out loud now, yeah um is is you know, yeah, but yeah marching into yeah it, yeah you can you, you can't well that's the thing, right, is that like that's that's part of that's part of the power though right is that that if you're a part of the sort of in group, you get to walk around and say, well, I didn't do anything wrong." I didn't threaten anybody I didn't say anybody was to, you know yeah that that in, is inherently part of that power right because if if the if the, the the reverse were true if the opposite happened, sure as shit like people would be dragged off to jail and all kinds of stuff right right same level of a- of interaction same level of action would would end up with a majority of those people being in jail and 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 probably a lot of people getting very hurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, this this idea, like Sarkozy in particular responding to this film coming out to say it would it would uh inspire violence is as stupidly absurd as Oh yeah. as <laughs> this guy in Kansas City, you know, it it completely ignores yeah, yeah, the. Hit. I didn't threaten anybody. Yeah, it yeah. completely ignores the historical context, yeah, you know, of what produced this film, you know and this film is is as we are started with. This film is inspired by actual events that happened the year before.
0: Well, right, and and plays those events out directly. Like, right, it's not even like it's not even a gentle inspired by. It's like right. no, we're gonna we're gonna make the thing happen again. We're gonna show it happening and make you understand just how fucked up an idea that is. Right. You're like, oh well he he was just threatening the, the this this person with a gun, a loaded gun. It's not his fault that he murdered him. Yeah. Like, what? That's not a statement that makes any sense at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not a phrase you get to speak and have everybody go, yeah, okay. Checks you know,
1: out. Um So there's uh other other things on the D V D here. There's an introduction by Jody Foster who talks about how much she loves the movie. Um Uh there's a whole lot of deleted scenes uh on the D V D and on Criterion Channel. Um there's also an essay by uh Jeanette Vincentu. Um and I wanna call attention to one particular aspect of it, uh, because I think i he makes a good point here um, Kasevich and Sarkozy started a sort of public exchange of uh, each of them telling the other why they were wrong publicly throughout uh, okay. throughout 97 um, and Kasevich was I mean he's always been in, involved with sort of left wing politics um, and marches and, and pro-immigrant and you know Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody's got their blind spots, right? So one, one thing that the writer brings up, she says, you know, Lahane as well as the discourse around the November, 2005 riots, conceptualize youth as entirely male. When Kasovich was questioned in 1995 about the absence of women from his film, he replied that they would have detracted from the seriousness of its purpose. I do not want to soften the topic. What would love have to do with this story? As if women could Oof. only signify love and did not have a social identity too. The plight of women as victims of male violence and their frequent opposition to violence in real life, for example, black and boer women, uh staged demonstrations against the rioters in several locations are ignored. Uh I think that's that is fair, but to take it a step further even, uh even she said, even she suggests that the involvement of women in these protests are as a counter protest crying for peace or something. Uh Kasovich seems to imply that that uh <laughs> love interests would be the only thing a woman could say, eh, say here. Uh, but then, in modern America, the Black Lives Matter protests are led by women, led by African American. Right, women, right. Yeah, you know, these are not uh, yeah, uh, women. <laughs> women are not just love interests; they are not just third parties. They are active members of this resistance, and that is that has always been true in French riots, as much as is true in American right. well, American I mean, politics it, as you well. Get
0: it, right, you get into the the reality that, like you know. You you know somebody can you know you can not be a racist and still be a uh, you know still be misogynistic you can yeah. you can you know it, it there's no and and you know one one would hope that people to you know as as they discover that they're they are doing that thing just try to correct their course right like that's the yeah. hope right right is that you know oh I now understand you you that you know that like that's I was wrong about that because, you know, basically he's buying in and, and, and to a certain extent, unfortunately, because of that sort of that perspective, at least within the United States, it would be I don't know again about France that well. But that's buying into another narrative that's actually propagated by the very people you're wanting to work against, right. which is like ah, uh, it's just these, you know, bad black guys or these bad, you know what I mean? That, that yeah. there's there's a there's a a stereotype functioning right there of like and and maybe the goal is to to work against it but even still you, by working choosing to work against it you are to a certain extent buying into it the idea that well it's all these young men who right uh from these various uh minorities that that, that are causing trouble right as though the whole the whole community is not affected by what's going on and and participating in uh, right sort of movements against it right
1: and it's it's wrong to point it, to paint it as an entirely youth movement it's wrong to point it, paint it as an entirely right. male movement it's wrong to say that the women 's only interest in it was uh placation or keeping violence from from boiling up at the very least even if they supported the the ends of the uh the protests they they didn't want means you know there were certainly women on the front lines in these in these marches, as much as there always right. have been, uh, you know, the, the French Revolution had prominent women involved, right? <laughs> well,
0: that... and, then, and then, you know, and there's always that fascinating next step of that is like, you know, a 100 years down the line, you've got the, the, the historians getting the, the joy of discovering, whoa, did you realize how many women were involved in this? Yeah. It's like, well, okay, like we didn't actually have to go
1: through this weird twisty path. We together. could just celebrate them the entire time. Yeah, we could have
0: just acknowledged this right from the beginning and not had to deal with it this way. But I mean, I guess that would put some people out of a job. Uh, <laughs> right. A you know, hundred years from now.
1: It's job creation for future historians. For, for future historians. It's really what we're, yeah, it's a, it's what a, we're yeah. doing. Why ignoring? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's 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 just a, it's a thing, right? Like we just we oh. We there. There's too many. You know, people just have too many personal biases, and and we we have them too. And I don't. I I'm probably using. I know for a fact things that I've regretted saying that. As oh yeah. Like, you know, later on I realize I well, right. I'm a fucking idiot right. Um, you know, and and, and it when, might be much later
1: on that you realize that yeah, it might not even be on. the first time sometimes you're called literally out. Literally
0: the yeah. It's, sometimes it's literally the moment we hang up with the call and I'm like, gosh. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The number of times I've contemplated sending you an email and be like, "Adam, can you can I like write some can I like record a retraction of a thing I said? <laughs> like I'm an idiot. Like I wasn't thinking clearly." Uh but yeah, no, it it, it yeah, this is clearly a blind spot yeah. for him. And and it's on it's an unfortunate one. Um uh, and, and and you can both support the message he's trying to send and also you know acknowledge the fact that he is not he's failing on other fronts he's failing on other fronts both can be true at the same time absolutely they can both be true at the same time
1: right and you know that's you know that's one reason interdisciplinary and intersectional critiques of of everybody's uh, uh, stances are important because you know you need to to acknowledge where what you're saying is lacking and uh, you know in particular particular i think uh you know some of the commentary we've we've talked about around lehaine uh focuses entirely on the class elements to the ignorance of race elements and i think i think right even yeah. within france okay. the race and class elements here are oh they're are definitely
0: I, my, mostly that's my fear of talking about that that comes a lot from my fear of talking about uh Ethnic and racial elements in France. When I just don't yeah. have the the personal background, right. I, I I don't want to be an idiot. Right. I don't want to say something that's stupid. They're very clear. They are, and the and the movie definitely does address those. That's definitely a part of the film. Uh, you know, pretty clearly, right? Uh, um, the movie very purposely seems to choose uh the the characters to make sure that like wide you know, a broad group of of people is, is addressed. Right. Um, And, and uh, to definitely sort of classify who are in, who is in group and who is out group uh, and make that very clear to the audience. It's just, you know, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to sound like an idiot, especially (laughs) since it's France. I'll never know. Right. Like this'll be me. I'll be a dead man. And I'll still have just never learned how dumb I was. Yeah, uh, which is a personal fear of mine.
1: That's it'll be interesting the longer Lost in Criterion goes because I have a general uh, distaste for anything I said ten years ago on a running oh, basis. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, for sure. So
1: once we break the ten year mark and I start contemplating oh, deleting the first know. year of
0: well let's be clear here I'm already aware that we need to delete the first the first year like <laughs> yeah. there was some that was a pretty good basically until something around seventy we just didn't even know what the fuck we were like we didn't even have a good idea about what the podcast was right right uh and uh you know at some point we realized it was it was the pat and adam do socialism podcast. <laughs> um and that's cool yeah uh but you know that took a long time. that was yeah, i mean that that's only the last couple of years, yeah, yeah, I mean, it took that turn
1: uh, the old man in the bathroom and the story about kulowski yes, yeah, freezing to death because he won't poop with everyone else is there yeah, uh on the one hand they're they're obviously obviously that's meant to be sort of a moral of of the movie, but what? What do you think the old man wants the moral of the movie to be then? Is it you got to go along with your own oppression or you're going to die elsewise? Is that because um, they're on, they're on a train to a gulag. So,
0: right. I mean, I, you know, I, I've i thought about that a lot and I have, I've gone through a lot of mental iterations on it. Um, it but I think it's a, it it really depends because the 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 story paints a lot of different pictures at the same time right, right? like cuz keep in mind why are they on their on a train to a gulag yeah it, it it shows to a certain it it kind of supports an idea that like this is a this is a social problem that extends far beyond just the borders of France right the idea that like there are people who will be put on a on a train to a gulag like France has already put you on a train to a gulag. Yeah, You know what I mean? You are on the train right now. And I don't think the moral about... Uh, I don't think the moral really of, like, ref- of is go along with it. I think the moral is that, like, this fucking train will kill you. Yeah.
1: Well, part of the moral also is that he dies because of his refusal of camaraderie with the other prisoners, too, right? Right.
0: That's, that's a big part of it, right? He will not shit with the others. And you all need to be a team. The only way we're gonna get out of this, make it out of this, is as a team. Yeah, we're either in this all together, or we're not in this at all. Yeah, um, is is a, is a meaningful phrase because you know we we talked the last few weeks. We the idea of class solidarity has come up multiple times in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. and and it it's <coughs> it, it to a certain extent is fundamental to having any impact. Yep. In these sort of scenarios, right like right. if they you know if, you, if you're divided, if you let and the thing the reality of the matter is is that the gulag train shows that the system, the system was systemically aiming to divide them, right like it put people in a it's a patently absurd situation, right like you have to go run outside and poop, yeah, but you can't <laughs> get too far away like that's the, that's the system trying to force you right. But they it's also
1: it's an inescapable to system too, because right, you're going to freeze to death if you're off the train for too long. And the only right, way, but that, but the but, only way you're surviving on the train is the fact that you're huddled together.
0: Right. Again, so yeah, solidarity. And, and it also draws a contrast. Right. You're on the train, but there's a difference here. Yeah. You can stop. You. You're not actually on a train. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean like it's, yeah. it's you 're both on the train, but you 're not actually on the train. you could derail the fucking train, yeah, like you have the power in you to make the train just not fucking run anymore right. The reality of the matter is is the prisoners on the gulag train also possess that power right, but the reality of the matter is that the, they possess that power within the context of some people are going to have to yeah lie down in front of that train there 's no talk like of guards That's how you make the train not. Yeah. There's no talk of guards, and golaski was no. obviously had
1: enough freedom to wander far enough away to poop behind a bush right right, so there's probably enough freedom for these prisoners to organize right
0: right and 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 so in that way that's that story is an indictment of the fact that they never they didn't they didn't seize the train they yeah. didn't they didn't <laughs> yeah, take right it. Like, you know why not If they're making you poop outside and, and people are freezing to death Why ride the gulag train all the way to the end The worst thing that could happen is you die out in the cold. <laughs> right you die like sooner Like your friend just did um. Right yeah exactly And so it, it, you know In that way the, the story is an indictment Of the fact that like why do we continue to ride the fucking train <laughs> Okay something's
1: happening Speaking be trains, It seems like a jet just flew three inches above my house <laughs>
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. What? Yep, they finally get on to Adam. going on
1: there? Very weird.
0: They're, they've they've realized that they're on to the fact that we have a podcast <laughs> that's basically Pat and Adam do social. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I, th- I just think that that story seems to have a point, but as a one-to-one metaphor, I'm not so sure I, I can pick up on it. And I don't it. think it's supposed to be. I think
0: it's supposed to draw contrast. Yeah. It's, a, it's supposed to it is you know yeah the, the the guys in the story do not get it they do not get that because they're in the context of the story itself yeah but you know it is it's not a one to one metaphor it's more of a just right. and of just course think about what you what we could have done op- what could have happened the
1: opening and closing dialogue so far so good so far so good so far so good you know what we close on is it's right. it's not how you fall that matters and the implicit end of that is it's how you land, you know. What's, right. happening, what's happening right now in the fall isn't what's important. It's how we move forward beyond it. Uh, and you can't get stuck in that cycle of revenge violence. Right. Because that's not going to change anything. Um, now that the actual ends, you know, how you land still needs to involve organization, but it's not organization to war on the police. It's organization to dismantle the police in a different way. Right.
0: Right. Well, and you know, yeah, it's, and, and, and in that way, I think it's kind of might be a, you, you know, you get into this sort of a commentary on the way you see these sort of things happen, especially, you know, when I, have what i know not know but like have heard the you know we see a lot of violence in uh in sort of the reaction to the violence here right whereas that that does as you point out perpetuate that cycle whereas there are other versions of reaction that could actually systemically force change right you
1: could you
0: know it would still be somewhat violent right i mean like yeah. Marches by themselves are.
1: Traditionally, French political change does involve some amount of violence, too. So. That's what
0: I'm saying. That's where I was trying to get with this. Yeah. Is that, like, there are models that exist in the universe that do not, in fact,
1: involve burning anything? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, guillotines are helpful sometimes, man. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> There we go. Um, yeah. I really like this movie. I really like this movie's I, I use do of... I really, really uh, like it as well. Use of American... Uh, American music. American music that yeah. is... That is at the intersection of class and race struggle. Particularly, uh, but also the the remixing of that too. Right? It's not just straight borrowing. Like the the sound of the police that the DJ plays out of the window he's not just playing KRS one's song he's he's remixing it he's right he's cutting it he's yeah um, and it's you know international solidarity too in that regard we're facing the same struggles across multiple barriers uh, and we need to uh, we need to be together in that too so uh, I think it's probably about time to pull this one to a close though.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I would agree. Uh, next week we'll be talking about Stuart Cooper's overlord, uh, which is a, uh, about the D-Day landing uh, from 1975, uh, integrating archival war footage with uh, fictional narrative. Um, it is about time we watch a movie we don't like, so this might be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
0: time. The time has come.
1: Uh but yeah, we were on a hot streak recently. We do, uh, we do get back to the Jules Dassin uh, prison film after that, though. So you know, we'll swing, we'll swing back pretty quick, even if we end up not liking, uh, not liking Overlord. <laughs> Uh we get brew right. more Well, next. yeah,
0: we'll see. We'll see. I mean, who knows, right? Like yeah. I don't know enough, really. You never know. Yeah, right. Uh maybe it's a long you know, maybe it's a long indictment
1: of, <laughs>
0: of D Making of war or something. Yeah, who knows? Here's, you know, it's, fingers
1: crossed. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Uh but yes, this week we've been talking about the literally hate, uh, from nineteen ninety five, directed by Matthew Kosevich. Uh Kosevich would go on to direct quite a few things and act in quite a few things. He's actually uh, one of the love interests in Amelie. So uh, you know, that's fun. Uh he acts here too. He he played uh he played the skinhead that they beat up uh and and are going to kill uh in uh in this movie. So yeah. He not only uh not only directs and wrote, but uh has a bit part too. So yeah, just such an interesting. So glad we watched this movie, and so glad yeah, for me the too. I This is this is no. a really important yeah. film, I think. Thank you once again for listening to Lost and Criterion. I am as always, on Glass. With me as always, John Patrick Goddard, Dorgan, and we'll see you next time. We've been listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Owatari-Dorgan, and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production at com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.Bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and support us on Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. We'd appreciate it.